It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot trying to miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on? Welcome to episode number 908 of Locked On Raptors for Monday, March the 22nd. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. And you can find the show at Locked On Raptors. We can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And, of course, please make sure you're checking out the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network. We've got team-focused shows covering all of the teams and all the big four sports, as well as a bunch of NCAA programs that are going strong through the tournaments. I don't think we have a Locked On Oral Roberts, but... We have a locked on lots of other things as well. Locked on Florida to uh, locked on Gators to hear the response to the Oral Roberts loss, for example. Go listen to that uh, and support all the shows that you want to support on the network by subscribing to rating and reviewing and telling a friend. Okay, on today's show, which is brought to you by our friends over at BuiltBar.com. Go to BuiltBar, use the code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. We are diving into the Raptors lost to the Cavaliers 116-105 on Sunday night, and it's going to be a little crossover action with Chris Manning of Locked On Cavs. We combined our typical recap formats into one. We got takeaways. We've got uh, game of the uh, MVP of the game. We got play of the game. We've got stat of the game, and a whole bunch more coming up in this one with Chris Manning. Also, just like a big Raptors trade deadline existential crisis segment in the middle. Uh, it's good times. Hope you enjoy it. We will talk to you again on Tuesday. Uh, I'll have a recap of the Rockets game, likely with Big V. 
Later in the week as well, we've got uh, Amy Otterberg coming on on Wednesday to tee up the game against the Nuggets. Of course, Amy will be part of the All-Women broadcast that TSN is rolling out on Wednesday in studio with Kate Ness, I believe, is Amy's uh, role on that. And it's going to be awesome, and I can't wait to talk to Amy all about it. So stay tuned there. Uh, and, of, of course, the deadline will be a thing we talk about a lot this week. It's not going away. I feel like I've talked about it for three weeks straight on the podcast. I apologize for being repetitive, but my God... It's almost over, mercifully. So we'll get to that this week, too. Thank you so much. Let's get to it now. Chris Manning, myself, diving into the Raptors and Cavs. Enjoy. Hey, I'm Chris Manning from Locked on Cavs. And I'm Sean Woodley from Locked on Raptors. Uh, different moods today, Chris. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. My mood is more tied to what's going on um, in, in my real life than than this game. But uh, this was a weird basketball game, Sean. We're here to recap Cavs-Raptors. Uh, you know, because you and I are locked down OGs. You know, we've we've done this in very many different iterations over the years in the playoffs and the Lebronto era in, in moments where the Raptors were very good and the Cavs were very bad. Um, this was sort of like I don't think it's like quite in between, but it's like not quite at the bottom of of the list, at least on my end of things. But the Cavs win this game. They win this game 116 to 105. Uh, we're going to mesh the, the lockdown Raptors and lockdown Cavs recap format. So first segment, we're going to do big takeaway for Cleveland. Second segment, Sean's going to take over. We're going to do big takeaway for Toronto. And then in the third segment, we are going to do our award. So we'll give out MVP stat of the night and play of the night, which, which we do on the locked on Cavs podcast. But Sean, I think for Cleveland, I, I think for me, and I want to hear what you think about this. Yeah. This is just a team that put together like a pretty competent basketball performance and, and got, I think big performances and was carried to this win by the guys you would hope it would. Um, I talked about this in the lockdown now that I did for, for the network as well, but it's Darius Garland, Colin Sexton and Jared Allen kind of carrying you. You got good contributions from Dean Wade and Isaac Okoro and others, but it was your young kind of tent pole pieces that uh, kind of led you to a win against a Raptors team that fought back late, really made it a little tricky there late, but they got it done. And that's sort of, a, I think a positive for a team that's where Cleveland's at. Yeah, I, I thought Cleveland played really well in this game. I thought their defense in particular kind of stood out. Um, you know, I, I can't profess to having watched a ton of the Cavs this year. And I know last year when I watched the Cavs, they were like the most embarrassing basketball team I'd ever seen. And they're very much not that now, man. Like their defense is sound. They seem to, you know, just have a defensive talent for the first time in a while. Jarrett Allen, Isaac Okoro, like it, it seems like a real sort of cohesive team. And the Raptors' half-court offense in this game, I thought, was a big reason why they couldn't win. And frankly, their transition offense stunk too. And, and I thought the Cavs did a really good job of getting back in transition against the Raptors as well. You know, obviously the big scoring aid from Colin Sexton is the huge headline, the 36 on 13 of 24. Uh, really seemed to take the end of first half uh, kerfuffle with Norman Powell and Fred Van Vliet to heart and uh, took it to the Raptors like gangbusters in the second half. Uh, but I thought for me, yeah, I was more impressed by the Cavs defense in this one than anything else. Like they just they really made things difficult on the Raptors. They kept them kind of perimeter happy. And the transition defense, like I said, was uh, really, really bloody impressive for a Raptors team that forced a million turnovers in this game, but couldn't convert it into points basically ever. It was really, really bad and very unlike the Raptors when they're at their best. Yeah, we'll come back to the turnovers. That's kind of my, that's actually going to, as a little tease, going to be my stat of the night because I can't believe the Cavs won this game while turning the ball <laughs> over like 25, 26 times or whatever. But I, I was, Sean, I just want to ask you this in terms of the, the defensive and the and aspect of this and the shot selection for Toronto. 
was that sort of the normal profile was like Fred Van Vliet just bombing threes and stuff. And like that kind of being the default outcome for, for Toronto. Like what, what do you attribute that to? Because it, to me, it felt like they were kind of just trying to get themselves back in the game. And that was like the way to do it. But I, I don't know. So I, I, it's one of those things where I have a hard time without talking to the players and stuff or kind of watching mm-hmm. it again, kind of ascribing credit to Cleveland for that. Where, where do you kind of draw the line on that part of it? I would say in the darkest times of this season, yes, it's been a lot of please hit some threes for us, Fred. And, you know, look, he was 5 of 15, not a great night, but not, like, miserable or anything like that. And Kyle goes 4 of 9. But they they were too perimeter happy. There were not enough paint touches. I mean, the thing that this team really thrives on is getting the drive and kick going, getting, you know, Fred into the teeth of the defense. And then he's like one of the best players in the league at finding open three-point shooters. And, you know, credit to the Cavs. They were closing out to shooters really well in this one. And a lot of the Raptors attempts were, you know, more contested than they typically would be. But I don't think there were nearly enough inciting incidents from folks like Fred or Kyle Lowry or Pascal Siakam, who kind of got benched in the in the late parts of this game. I'm wondering if that's more a fatigue thing just because he's just working his way back from COVID. But uh, certainly it was an interesting note as Stanley Johnson got run instead of him late in the game. But, you know, Pascal it, has been at his best this season when he's been, you know, taking dudes to the post and scoring at the basket. And it just hasn't, it didn't click in this one at all. And again, that's a big credit to Jared Allen, you know, a couple times, Pascal tried to post him up, didn't quite work, and, you know, they ended up with pretty rough possessions out of it. You know, basically the only guy consistently getting to the rim in this one was OG Ananobi, who just, like, moves people aside with his enormous shoulders and then dunks on them, and it's great, but that can't be your only source of at-the-rim easy offense. It was just a lot of really difficult stuff, and, you know, kind of... You know, the turnovers weren't great for the Cavs in this one, and they certainly weren't for the Raptors either. They, they, either. they turned it over 14 times, and they, you know, I, I think they kind of squandered away a lot of opportunities for easy buckets, but I, I really think the big thing for the Raptors on offense in this one was they just could not gain the type of penetration they typically need to get that drive and kick three-point offense going. And again, I think a lot of credit goes to the Cavs for that. Yeah, just as a little note on here, so Toronto did take like a, a like thirty nine percent of its shots at the rim, forty four percent of its shots um, on three pointers. So I got that sort of diet. Just the, the shooting at the rim, fifty six percent is not going to cut it mm-hmm. um, on a night where you also shot just thirty four percent from three. And then offensively, um, they posted an offensive rating of ninety eight point one and had an effective field goal percentage of 47.3. So just like kind of not a good offensive performance. Um, and look, and I think the key, the, some of the key plays for Cleveland, you know, was Isaac Okoro having a steal in the fourth quarter. I think maybe two steals. Uh, Jared Allen having a block late in this game. Like it was, you're, you're right in signifying that it is defensive plays. And even though Sexton had a really big night and I thought Garland kind of was really, I think importantly kind of wading things through at the end and kind of handling the ball really importantly in key moments. I think that was sort of, you know, I think defensively is a big thing. And I think, frankly, just for Cleveland to follow up the Spurs game, uh, which mm. they lost tightly and, and it was close and but, you know, really fought back and able to put forth, I think, a pretty even solid performance is kind of all you're looking for for, for this team as they kind of built here. But, Sean, let's take a break here. Um, yeah. I'm going to we got some sponsors. We got some bills to pay. And first, I want to tell everyone about our friends at Theragun, a returning sponsor here to the network. So don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. Whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me who's extremely not an elite athlete, just trying to make it through the day tension-free can be tough, and Theragun can help. Theragun is the handled percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. 
and it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It goes to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out or an injury, just the stresses of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun 4. The OLED screen and design make you feel like you're holding something from the future. And you can check it out right on their site right now. And they have a great app. Try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash lockdown right now. Your Theragun Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash lockdown. Theragun.com slash lockdown. On. And I want to tell you about our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Sean Evans not here tonight, and you know he's kind of a bachelor guy. Are you like a <laughs> Vanderpump guy? Like, are you uh, what kind of reality TV? Are you, do you guys grocery games? Like, what's the vibe? The only reality TV I'm into is uh, RuPaul's Drag Race and the. Either the Great Canadian or the Great British Baking Show. Those oh. are my reality vices. David, if you're listening to this, let Sean and I do Lockdown Great British Bake Off. <laughs> I'm extremely ready. I'm go. Let's. I want to talk some cakes. I want to talk some design. I'm ready. But BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive our 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code LOCKDOWN. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Again, use the promo code LOCKDOWN. And lastly, just want to tell you about the Locked On Today podcast. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Lockdown Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow Lockdown Today podcast wherever you get podcasts, probably where you're listening to Lockdown Cavs or Lockdown Raptors right now. And I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you to also check out in the Cleveland market, Lockdown Indians for MLB and Lockdown Browns for NFL. And Sean, why don't you tell everyone just as a reminder what they can find in, in Toronto? Yeah, uh, check out Lockdown Blue Jays and Lockdown Leafs, especially Lockdown Blue Jays, as uh, our beloved boys are getting ready. George Springer hitting dongs. Vlad Guerrero Jr. is hitting like 500-foot bombs every single spring training game. A.J. Andrews is uh, doing a great job with Lockdown Blue Jays, so go and listen. Chris, should we uh, turn our attention to some Raptors takeaways from this game? They're going to be sad. They're going to be depressing. I can tell you that for sure. Yeah, let's let's Sean, let's dive into this because I feel like just the timing of this game and and the the quality of Cleveland and all kinds of stuff probably makes this one kind of kind of sting. Yeah, like I don't think it's crazy to suggest that this game could dictate what the Raptors front office does at the deadline. Which look, I don't think it should necessarily. I've I'm of the mind and I will stay of the mind that you can accept this as a lost season, which, you know, it very well could this game could very well put the nail in the coffin on that. And I could just accept, Hey, this is not turning around, even though they remain like four games out of sixth. Like it's, it's rough. And while I think the roster construction is just fine, the circumstances have been so adverse. You're still getting, you know, Pascal Siak and Fred Van Vliet, OG and Anobi back up to conditioning speed, even though OG looks completely fine because he's a monster and he's a robot. Uh, but like Fred and Siakam very much don't look like themselves just yet. It's going to take some time after missing nearly a month with COVID and, you know, it could be a lost season. I think they should just keep the dudes around and try to bring back Norman Kyle and run it back next year and hopefully add some pieces around. And then you're still a good team, the team that we thought they would be coming into this season before uh, the world went to shit. <laughs> um, but I, I think the loss against the Cavs very well could 
dictate what the front office does. In particular with Norm Powell, you know, if the Raptors view themselves as a team that aren't going to be doing anything special this year in the postseason, which I think is probably fair to say at this point, considering the way the heights still have to climb just to get a seed that, you know, doesn't put them in line of fire of a great team in the first round. I think you could very well see the front office say, okay, you know, we like Norm, but maybe we can do something better with that spot on the roster and the money we theoretically pay him to keep him around this summer. I don't agree, really. I, I think the only way I'm okay getting rid of Norm is if you can bring in another player who actually fits the timeline and really makes sense as a piece next to your core three of Siakam, Van Vliet, and Ananobi because they're signed and locked in long term. And I think you want someone who fits that timeline who can play right away. And Norm can do that. Norm can very much be the fourth guy, and I'm fine with that. But if they determine that they want to get picks and stuff, which, again, that wouldn't be my preferred course of action, I could see this game definitely being the thing that pushes them to do that. And so, and they say, hey, you know, it's just not going to work out. We'll try to retool with picks and uh, whatever package we get for back for Powell. I think the Kyle thing is entirely independent, and it's going to depend on where he wants to go and – if he asks for a trade, which it doesn't seem like he's agitating for, and it sounds like the Raptors aren't going to move him, which I'm totally fine with. He's a franchise icon. I don't want to see the end of his era with the Raptors, you know, brought on by a pandemic and all the crappy circumstances around it. But uh, I really do think, and I'm sure that, like, as a person who covers a team that has been a seller a lot lately, Chris, like, I, I wonder for you, like, do you know when the moment is? Like, when is the moment to know, like, oh, yeah, this is the time to give up? Like, it, does it, I, I guess it's different for every team, every season. This is obviously a very special and weird season, special in the worst kind of way. Um, but I, I just I keep looking at the Eastern Conference and keep looking at the roster that is intact when they're healthy and, like, has shown that they can be good. I mean, their best lineup, their starting five going small, has outscored teams by like 14 points per 100 possessions so far this year. They just haven't had any time together because everyone's been out the entire season for various maladies here and there. I just am having a hard time figuring out when to sort of pull the plug and think, all right, this is a lost season. And this one might be the one, at least for the front office. And honestly, it might be for me, man. I'm feeling pretty despair-filled over here. So I, I think it's really tricky because I, I think like you can look at the season and the playing tournament and I don't I feel like we don't have an idea of how like teams actually feel about the playing tournament in terms of buying and selling. Like when you like see like Woj or, or your best buddy Shams is like tweets about things and it's like uh, I thought I got a laugh out of the Shams thing. Unbelievable. <laughs> tough, 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 despondent crowd over here. But um, like. I tend to think to teams sort of think like they, you might see like a weird market. I also just don't think like, I think like the, the interesting thing about this for Toronto in particular is like, I feel like you could get a lot for norm. I really kind of do because mm-hmm. I think if you put him on a good team and like, he doesn't have that big of a contract. And even if you know, it's a rental, like I think you could talk yourself into like him being like a, an important piece on a title team. I sort of think he's proven to be kind of that good and that solid. Um, but it's like, kinda, I think it's hard. Like, like if you're a team like Cleveland, you sort of know like, hey, like JaVale should be on the market. Like, you know, uh, if a team wants Damian Dotson, it wants to give us a second round pick for him because he's cheap and could give you wing depth. Like, I, I think that is important. I think like there's all these different factors you consider. Toronto's like in that weird middle ground where it's like, okay, like you've built something, you know, you made a finals run a couple of years ago. You you're perpetually, you want a title, frankly, just, I don't mean to short anything here. You want a freaking, <laughs> you want a freaking title. And you've been one of the best teams in the East for the last, like, you know, close to a decade now. Um, but like, do, do you, is your goal to like, I, I guess like it'd be interesting to consider, like, is it your goal to, 
win it now, like, or not, sorry, like try to like get there as fast as possible again, or build something sustainable. And I almost wonder if that colors your decision, because I wonder if you think, okay, if our goal is to get there as quick as possible, is norm a piece in that? And then if it's not, then, and you just want to build something sustainable and keep taking swings, then maybe you trade norm and it gives you assets. Like, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, if you could, I, I think like, like, would it be more valuable to chase down like uh trying to get like a interesting, like later lottery pick? Like, I mean, you can get really good players in the, like it, it's hard, but you can, if you can get like a mid lottery pick, like you can find really good guys in that range. Like they're a little, they're picked a little higher, but like Donovan Mitchell was a late lottery pick. Like Shea Gilge Alexander was like a late lottery pick. Like, you can find guys in that space. And if you're Toronto and you believe in your development program, like maybe you'd kind of think that's the answer. Um, yeah, but like well, I, they have their yeah. own pick already, right? Like that, and that's why I feel less sort of urgency to go get more picks because, like, it would be different if Pascal Siakam and Fred VanVleet were both twenty-two and they were like Sexton and Garland, where it's like they you have like an entire runway with them, but they're not. They're twenty-seven, and after this season, they're gonna have three years left on their deals. And so, if you're being conservative then whoever you pick and you're with your first round picks this year if it's just the one maybe you trade norm for one you, you know those guys are probably not going to be good reasonably until siakam and fred are like expiring contracts and then like what are you even doing with that era uh, are you just going to kind of roll out like a sort of those three plus you know young dudes and hope you can put it together or would you prefer to you know supplement with one pick that you already have keep the guy who's in a, like an established like commodity in Norm Powell, maybe you pay him a little bit more than what you'd be comfortable with, but you keep him on the roster. He's very clearly a good fit with those main three guys. And then you look to do the thing where the Raptors are good all the time, make the second round or the third round. And then you wait and strike when the iron's hot and the stars available. And you have Siakam, Van Vliet, Ananobi, Powell, your, your guys you've just drafted and your future picks all to potentially throw into a deal like I think that's the way forward for me, and I just I feel like Raptors fans have have been gone, have gone so long since they've been sort of staring down this barrel of not being good and potentially tanking. Like they're not tanking to the bottom; they're too good for that. Even if they trade Powell and um and Lowry, like if the presumed like Lowry for Goran Dragic and Duncan Robinson and stuff happens like Drogic and Robinson help you win this season you're not tanking by any means you're a worse team but you're not tanking and so like what's actually the point for like a couple extra spots when you could just keep your franchise icon around and you could keep Norm Powell who can be a proven commodity going forward for you I, I just feel like that's if, if, the if you way. can get Duncan Robinson I would do it to be honest with you see I'm, I'm less high on Duncan Robinson you have to pay Duncan Robinson and I'm to, much more comfortable pay paying yeah but I'm more comfortable paying Norm Powell than Duncan Robinson for like what they do. I just like look at Toronto a little bit as like an outsider. And I think, okay, like if I could get like just a little more shooting juice and like put that in Nick nurse is like valuable and it's not Matt Thomas, then I think I'm in. See, the shooting is not really a problem though, is everyone's on the team is a good three point shooter right now, except for Pascal who's had a rough year, but is coming back, you know, to regular form. Like they just, they lack bodies is what the problem is. They have six good players when you factor in Chris Boucher, and then the rest is an, an entire question mark. And Aaron Baines is actively bad, and you're trying to develop Malachi Flynn on the fly here, and he's he's fine. He's not quite ready, but he's fine. It's not that they're the 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 top of the roster is a problem. And look, 
you know, you could say that you don't think OG, Siakam, and Fred is title worthy, and I don't think it is. You're probably not winning a title with those three guys as your three best players. Just actually, I would bet you're probably almost certainly not going to win a title with those three guys. But, you know, if you have Norm, you have Larry, I, I just feel like there's stuff to trade then to get the next guy in who can be the best guy on a title team. And having Norm on the books is good for that. I mean, Norm has been excellent for two straight seasons now. It's not a fluke. Like, he's a guy who shoots better than 60% true shooting. Yes, he's bad defensively. Yes, he's a, he leaves a lot to be desired as a playmaker. But there's just there's not a lot that you're going to go and replace that guy with on the open market. You know, the, the free agency class is not what we thought it was going to be. And there's just there's not a lot of dudes you can say, okay, that guy can go take Norm Powell's slot and it's fine. And... Again, I'd be far more okay with sort of taking the hit of, yeah, there's going to be a step back for the next couple seasons here as they retool if you had a core that wasn't 27 at the top end and with three years left on their contracts before they hit unrestricted free agency. Like, you don't have the control on those guys that the Cavs do with their young core. And so I think young guys and picks mean a little bit less in terms of the here and now for the Raptors than they would for a team like Cleveland. And so... That's kind of where I come down on it all. Yeah, I just will say one. I will add to that just saying, like, I, I think one of the things that I am reminding myself now, because Colin Sexton is, like, very close to, to extension eligible, he will be next summer. Like, this stuff comes really fast, yeah. and you make decisions very fast. And I and I think in a world where you have a salary cap and, like, you have sort of, like, a, we live in a, in a sporting world where it's, like, very boomer bust, I think it's very hard to sort of, like, the gray area, I think even for us as people talking and covering these teams can be like tricky because I sort of think like the gray area of things is sort of like actually sort of not a horrible place to be. Like, I, I think that's sort of a, of an unpopular opinion, but like, I think if you can actually build something sustainable and like, yeah. like have cracks of the title, I think that's really impressive. And I think however you choose to do that, I think it's frankly really hard to do in, in sort of how you, it, things are structured um, yeah. in, in North American sports. Like yeah, I, it's I mean, just, my last... it doesn't work that way. My last thing on it is like the, the and I've said this on my own podcast a million times, so I apologize to the listeners hearing me say it again. But like I, I'm going to say it till the deadline is over and we can move on to better things. But like the Raptors entire blueprint was be good, stay good, stay relevant and then wait for your opportunity to strike to become great. And they did it and it worked. Why wouldn't you want to try to replicate that? Like Maybe it doesn't lead to a title again. But they have the pieces, they have the sort of outline of a team that can very much do exactly what they did the previous decade, which is be good, be relevant, wait for the opportunity to strike to get great. And I, I just think moving on from Norm Powell kind of cuts into that ability and makes it, you know, you're starting from a basis of three and a half good players. If you factor in Chris Boucher, if you allow Lowry and Powell to walk or you trade them, you're starting from the basis of four, three and a half good players as opposed to five and a half. And when you're trying to be good and, and thread the needle and, you know, maintain development while also being good. I just feel like you want to start with more good players is kind of where I come down on it all. And maybe those picks become good players one day, but I don't really see that happening before Siakam and Fred are already up on their contracts. Yeah. We got to go to break, but I just want to ask, do. so you're saying you're not into Andre Drummond, right? That's what you're saying. Very much not. We actually going to go delete that podcast. We did previously. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Evan, Evan is, Evan is like going to be the Kool-Aid man and like burst into the group DM all week. I can't wait for him to get kicked out again. Uh, yeah. Well, you mentioned we got to get to, we're going to get to the awards in the way that you typically close out your uh, Cavs recap podcast in just one second as after my meltdown and uh, existential crisis about the Raptors. This has been Locked On Therapy with Chris yeah. and Sean. <laughs> uh, but before we get to that, I uh, just uh, want to tell people about our friends over at Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom. 
Bluechew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Bluechew's tablets combat all forms of ED and can help men gain extra confidence for when it's time to perform. Bluechew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at Bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part is it's all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problems here either. Blue Chew's Sildenafil and Tadalafil tablets are chewable, and Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA, and they prepare to ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit BlueChew.com for more details and safely, imp- sorry, excuse me, and important safety information. We've also got a special deal for our listeners right now. Try Blue Chew for free and use the promo code LOCKEDON and check out and just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to receive your first month free with just $5 paid for shipping. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Today's show is also brought to you by Built Bar, which right now is in the throes of the most important tournament going on in all of the sports world. It's Built Bar Madness, baby. We're putting all of the Built Bars together. Of course, you know Built Bar. They're amazing. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bars covered in 100% chocolate, and they are dueling in the Built Bar Madness bracket over at BuiltBar.com all month long. I got a couple new flavors in the mail, Chris. Uh, Raspberry Cheesecake, I think, might be my new favorite. That thing whips. I'm not sure where it is in the bracket. It might have already lost, unfortunately, as a newcomer, but... You can check every single day. We're recording this on Sunday, so the matchup's not up just yet. But on Monday, go to BuiltBar.com and see the matchup for the day. Also, vote at Bar underscore Built on Twitter. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar in the land. All right, Chris, uh, let's talk a little bit of uh, MVP stuff uh, for the game. Well, uh, tell me the format yeah. here. I'm a little bit uh, foggy. I'll pick it up as we go. What do we got? <laughs> All right, so here's what we do on Locked on Cavs. I'm, we're stealing the takeaways for, for our show now because I, I like that. It'll just help me fill segments, and that, that's sort of what we do here. But <laughs> what we do is MVP, stat of the night, and play of the night. Um, we'll kind of shout those out. And you can, as someone covering another team, you have the option of, you know, you could pick a Raptors MVP. You could pick a, you could pick whatever you want. It's, it's really okay. dealer's choice. There have been times where I, I haven't done it, but I've been tempted to pick like a, another team MVP just to like emphasize <laughs> how bad the Cavs were in a given night. Um, for, for me, I just say MVP in this one is Colin Sexton. I, I think you could, again, you can make a case for Jared Allen just because of the defensive side of it. And he was nine of 11 from the line and that, that mattered. But Colin Sexton had 36 points, 13 to 24 shooting, a very nice, let me say it again. Nice. Six and nine from three. <laughs> really good performance from him. Um, and, you know, the little kerfuffle added some fire, uh, hit some pull up threes, the shot profiles, what you want. Just kind of an all around, like, really excellent game from, from Colin Sexton. Yeah, I think Sexton, Sexton is a clear MVP of the game overall. Uh, no arguments there. If I'm going to throw in a Raptor just for honorable mention, OG Ananobi was pretty awesome tonight. Just his second game back, he had three steals, a block, 17, six and two. Uh, and like defended like a maniac as he tends to do. And if the Raptors have any chance of turning this thing around and getting their defense back on track, it's going to be through OG who is, uh, quickly becoming maybe my favorite Raptor to watch. Like he's just, uh, he's everywhere and it's awesome. 
He's not the MVP of this game. Sexton obviously is, but shouts to OG for uh, at least may, may not making me want to die the entire game uh, as much of as the rest of the Raptors supporting cast very much did. <laughs> I'll just say quickly as an outsider, he is also my favorite Raptor to watch. I love him, and I would love to like steal him if I if any team like if I <laughs> yeah like I I feel very good about what you're building if you have him and like if you have him favorably and Siakam like you have a defense. Yeah, I was thinking about this. Like, I don't know how many teams have like a top three defenders in the league better than those three as a one, two, three on defense. Like, they have their issues off- offensively, but my God, they're freaks on defense. Yeah, I, I'm also like a sucker for that kind of. I, I like teams that are like that's like a little obviously like not exactly in the curve of how a lot of teams build now, and I'm sort of I'm into that vibe. So shoot to my side. All right, so Evan, here, Sean, my stat of the night is pretty straightforward. So the Cavs, <laughs> they had a lot of turnovers. Twenty six turnovers. But they shot 51.5% from three to basically sort of like almost like kind of like wipe out the fact that they had a lot of turnovers. Mm-hmm. Um, Toronto had 26 points off of those turnovers. So like the guys basically just like had an absurd three point shooting night and made a move. And like that's sort of a fluky thing. You know, that's not a game to game thing that's going to hold. But uh, that's, that's no, no, no. How, every that, like, team hits every three against the Raptors. Oh, OK. Season. Well, so you're, Cle- you're in good company. Cleveland should petition to play <laughs> Toronto like a lot because it's Toronto. And, well, I guess Tampa's not close to Cleveland. Really, it's like one, you know, you don't have to have a layover technically, but, you know, it's a fight. <laughs> um, but yeah, for me, it's just that it's like the Cavs like shot well enough to overcome like an absurd amount of turnovers. And it was like, I mean, you go down the list of guys on the team. Okoro had six. Colin Sexton had six. Darius Garland had six. Like all these key guys that had the ball a lot had a bunch of turnovers, and that that really added up. And that they somehow didn't lose the game, and that's kind of crazy to me. Yeah, my stat of the game is basically tied to that. It's just a different manifestation of the same thing we're talking about. It's the fact that the Raptors took 95 shots in this game to the Cavs 77 and lost by 11. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> wild. That is wild. That's uh, some supreme inefficiency from your Toronto Raptors. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go find some Windex to down after this. <laughs> <laughs> just, just eat like seven built Bars. Yes, yes. No, those are good. I'm looking for something to drown my sorrows. Oh, that's fair. Just really like cleanse, <laughs> cleanse the soul. Just yeah, some bleach. Me. All right. So my play of the night is this, and I know you're a big fan of this guy. It's Jared Allen. So Jared Allen, one thirty-one left in the game. Uh, Cavs are playing their typical drop coverage. Norm Powell's driving into the lane after he beats a core off the dribble after a screen from from OG. Cavs Allen drops the Cavs switch it and Allen blocks the shot. Kind of like it's a nine point game at this point. Garland is getting fouled here. It gets to the free throw line, pushes it back. I think into double digits. Jared Allen's really good. It's crazy. The Cavs really, I think, smartly took advantage of the circumstance of how they got him. They should pay him sort of whatever. I think they kind of need to to keep him around for the long mm-hmm. haul. He's a really good player. This was just like kind of uh, his best game since the All-Star break. He hasn't played great since uh, they had that little season hiatus there, but he's looked really good in this game. He looked awesome. And this play was just like Jared Allen's pretty freaking good. You can build the defense with him at Okoro, I think, as, a, as kind of your tent poles. You're going to get there. Um, this play is just kind of everything you want from him in a big moment in the game. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Also, I'm going to choose something from late in the game as well. Uh, during one of the Raptors' patented fake comebacks, which is they've just done a lot of this season, <laughs> it's, it's just kind of... You know they're not be, they're not able to do the thing where they came back in all these games last year and actually won. It's all uh, you know smoke and mirrors. But Fred VanVleet hit a three with like thirty seconds left to cut it to five, and it was just like a real Steph Curry ass three. It was very fun. For a second, I thought, hey, maybe they'll do this, and then I remembered, oh, they've lost every single one of these games all season long. 
So, uh, no, they will not, in fact, do this. But it was a cool thing for one second to see Fred hit that bomb. So that's my play of the night. Sean, let's get out of here on this. Uh, what are you expecting for the trade deadline this week? What give me give me something? Like, what are you feeling for Toronto? What do you, you feel an active trade deadline? Like, I, I just I want some deals. I'm really itching for some deals. If I'm making a prediction, I think they trade Norm and they don't trade Kyle. Even though I disagree with trading Norm, I think they hang on to Kyle. They trade Norm to. I, I don't know who, and I don't know what the deal will be. My dream is for it to be for a guy like Lonzo or John Collins or something that they can actually work into the plans going forward. It might just be for some picks and a prospect, but I think they'll probably trade Norm, which makes me sad because Norm Powell rocks. Uh, but yeah, that's my prediction. Andrew Drummond's getting a bot out. That's mine. I, I would think he will, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hot take. It seems as though it's been working towards that. Uh, uh, yeah. Also, the Raptors trade for Larry Nance. They, they wow. give a second-round pick and get Larry Nance or something I, like that. If that this happens, is just me, Sean, this is just me wish-casting. If now. that happens, literally, like people would be cheating themselves to the to Soraka Mortgage Field House and, and refusing to get mortgages from Rocket. I mean, they should do that already. But. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, also, Sean, I'm asking you this hypothetical trade. Cavs, I don't know about the picks here, but hypothetically, Cavs, if the Cavs can do Jetty Osman plus JaVale McGee for Kelly Oubre, should they do it? Uh, y- Yes. Okay. I don't know. Oubre is weird to me. Osman, I don't think, is very good. McGee is like 45 years old. Yeah, I'd probably do it. Oubre's fun. Okay, that's all I wanted to know. All right, that's going to be it. Thanks again, everyone, for tuning into this Lockdown Cavs, Lockdown Cavs slash Therapy uh, episode here for Monday, March 22nd. Thanks again to all of our sponsors, Bet Online, Built Bar, Blue Chew, and Theragun for sponsoring the show. And if you're not listening on Lockdown Cavs feed, go check out Lockdown Raptors. If you're listening on Lockdown Raptors, um, give me some pity listens on Lockdown Cavs. And, uh, <laughs> you don't even have to listen to it. Just download and play it on mute. That's that's yeah. what I say. Do that for my show, too. You don't have to and listen to my dumb voice. Just rate play it, the though. thing. But just rate yes. it first. Five stars. Yeah. Rate yeah. it. And then, you know. Do all the podcast listening steps except for listening, please. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to y'all soon. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.